Welcome to our voices, ladies and gentlemen. Lovely to have you with us. I'm Ewan, and it's a two-parter this week. It's Wednesday night. You know, I've just won a derby, a big game against a significant rival of all things. And Kev is back in the proverbial saddle to discuss it with me. Kev, my friend, how the devil are you? Not too bad, Ewan. How are you getting on? Not too bad, thanks, buddy. Gosh, that evening went better than I thought it would after Sunday's antics. What about you? Be honest, did you fear the worst after Chelsea? Yeah, well, I did. That's to be honest. I mean, you sort of when it, it's it's it was it would have been easy to be fatalistic about it, wouldn't it? Thinking, crikey, if 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 Chelsea can knock four passes, then what in heaven's name are Guardiola and City gonna do to us? Um, but then nine changes happened, and uh, I guess yeah, well, it, it it was nice to win. Um, it's a, a win against City is always good. So yeah, I mean, huge, massive gigantic mitigating circumstances but I'll take it yeah gosh I mean I, I don't think you can uh, you can take out the fact that uh, Guardiola heavily heavily changed that side uh, considering um, City had had their troubles and everything and I guess he's just prioritised in the lead to a certain extent and that certainly had a bearing on how fluid they were but you know not a terrible city side by any means, and they still brought the likes of Sterling and Kolarov and Aguero on, you know, three of their first teamers and part of their main squad. So it's not like it was a a terrible city side in the end, really, was no, it? Well, I mean, I'm not sure there is a, a terrible version of that team. I think you could take pretty much any combination of that squad, and and you're going to get a very high quality team, and uh, not their best team, uh, but but still, yeah, not certainly quite strong um i i guess uh, my my observation would be um that the fact that we were able to outplay them in in certain sections of the game and and the fact that we were able to win and, and not really have much of a fight put up from them is probably more reflective of yeah i guess the manager's attitude to the competition uh and rather than any sort of lack of quality from the players involved, I it, it was a little bit us in the Europa League kind of feel to it in terms of their approach. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't ruin it! Come on. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> oh, brutal. <laughs> no, I understand what you say completely. I, I, I do think there was certainly a difference in the way both managers approached the game, and I do think that given that it, it was a derby coming off that four nil defeat on Sunday, I don't know if you know we lost four nil at the weekend, Kev. Um, it no, 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 probably best not to. I do think that there was perhaps a little bit more pressure on Mourinho to get the result based on that, based on the fact that we were six points off top spot. And I think that due to a couple of those sort of circumstances and you know, supposed pressure that is around the team at the moment and him as a manager, I guess that he was feeling the pinch a little bit more than Guardiola. And I think that was certainly reflective a bit more in the lineup. But again, you know, it, that wasn't too far off what you would expect a full-strength United side to look like. I mean, you know, Rojo at centre-back is never going to be anyone's choice apart from, you know, well, Rojo. Um, so, yeah, it, it was interesting to see how that played out, especially in the first half. It did seem like it took us a long, long time to click into gear, and especially with... Uh, with Navas really causing Luke Shaw those huge problems down our left flank, you did start to wonder whether or not you're going to be seeing a few more shades of what we saw previously. You know, and you and I had that uh, pod just after the first derby of the season. It was interesting, wasn't it? Because it very much felt like City looking like properly like a Guardiola side. They were closing us down so tight in that first sort of half hour, forty five minutes. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got them very well drilled, hasn't he? Um, you know, the younger players as well. And, yeah, high energy levels, high pressing, circulating the ball uh, at quite an intense rate. And, yeah, it was a bit of a nail-bite in the first 30 minutes, wasn't it? It wasn't, uh, certainly wasn't pretty. It was uh, definitely took us, it was the last, only really the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes of the first half where I felt we got any sort of grip on the game. Um, yeah, Jesus Navas, um with a stunning show of competency at times. <laughs> um, oh, come on. You got your man, claws out tonight, my friend. I'm telling you, mate. Um, but, I mean, look at yeah, Nine times out of ten, the man is, you know, the, the, what is it they say, the Spanish Antonio Valencia. Um, 
very, very fast and no emperor. <laughs> no one needs that um, on their epitaph. <laughs> but um, no, he was. He seemed quite effective tonight. I mean, that that chance right near the start of the game, um, with Ianacho's sort of diving in to head it over the bar. I mean, that that one looked more difficult to miss actually. But I guess it was just the speed it came at him. At. Gosh, yeah. It, as I said, it was that initial chance did get me worried for a good chunk of that half. And to be fair, Ianacho was looking like City's most likely outlet. There was that one chance where. Uh, well, he just got slid straight through on goal. You're just thinking, well, the net's going to bulge any second now. And then, lo and behold, you know, Marcus Rocco <laughs> strides across confidently and actually gets a block in. That is easily, for me, his most competent piece of defending in a year? Maybe more? I can't think of any other moment like that that he's actually sort of impressed me and gone, oh, well, he's done all right there. He's done a competent piece of defending. Yeah, I mean, look at... Marcus Rojo has a, has a has a ceiling in terms of what he can do, um, based around the fact that his ability is the ability of Marcus Rojo, but he's still more of a centre back than he is a left back. So, I mean, in order to establish himself as a professional footballer, um, you know, he will occasionally show, you know, signs of life and 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 you know, I guess an understanding of the art of defending, um. I I trust him more at centre back than I do at left back. Um, I think the only thing he really has going for him at left back is he actually does have a pretty good delivery, a pretty good cross of the ball from out wide. But um, yeah, I mean, last ditch challenges. You know, I've I've spoken about it before. Um, last ditch challenges are good, but they're better when they're not needed. Um, and and oftentimes, sometimes it is a case of you know a player sprinting across and covering his man. Or covering someone else's man, and and you know, in in the midst of a, a you know a goal mouth scramble, or you know, a, I guess a a really fast piece of play, you know, just getting across and getting the block in can be quite impressive. But quite often as well, it's to do with trying to make up ground for having lost said man in the first place. But yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a tangent. Um, yeah, he did well to block it. It was um, yeah, I guess. What what people are talking about about this Guardiola side is is do they have the mental sort of capacity um, to really maintain the intensity levels his style of play requires uh, for for ninety minute for ninety minutes and you know there is there is something of a softness about them especially down the middle um, so yeah it's it's. Once, I mean, United were not great today, but we won. Um, and I mean, I know we talked about it before in terms of, of the approach, but it's still, there is something of a weakness about that about that Guardiola team. They're not impenetrable as yet. Um, well, I mean, I'm they're, they're now it, winless in six games. Winless in six games, blimey. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. imagine if we were on that sort of run. The press coverage would be apocalyptical. Gosh, yeah. When, I mean, when you think about the fact that, again, this was a derby, I guess it does make Guardiola's approach to it a bit stranger, and in particular with that first half and City sort of coming back into it, especially, sorry, I say coming back into it, you know, essentially actually playing the game relatively well. I guess United's sort of slow start to that game came into sharper relief because, I mean, we're not naturally a team in this day and age that bounces back from a bad result quickly. You know, I think we can frequently take a, a while to get things out of our system. So I wasn't necessarily expecting us to start like a bullet from a gun tonight, but it was noticeable how long it took for us to find any sort of rhythm. And, you know, in the first half, it, it, it we showed a few signs. You know, there was that chance where uh, Shaw was slid through and then Pogba the touch and then Zlatan had one of his very few clear strikes on goal. Speaking of Zlatan as well, for that first sort of 10, 15 minutes... It just looked like he had, again, <laughs> forgotten how to head a football. But I'll give that man credit. He actually came back, back into the game, the second half in particular, and worked really hard on and off the ball. Harder than I've seen him do so in United shirts so far. And given that he didn't score a goal, at least that, given the fact that he has you know, passed up presentable opportunities, you know, all manner of description over the last few weeks, that was encouraging to see. What did you make of it? He's struggling though, isn't he? That's the thing. I think he's struggling in a team that isn't creating enough for him. Um, you know, people have... Yes, he's been missing a lot of chances, but um, I think also 
for a, you know for long periods of the game he he, he he's isolated and, and uninvolved um and generally speaking if we can get the ball to him in in the box and get to the to his feet in the box or get him get to to his feet where he doesn't have to drop too deep for it you know he can he can do some really good things but i think it's been a bit of a culture shock for him coming into the Premier League. Not, and I'm not talking about any of the sort of stereotypical stuff about, you know, oh, the Premier League is a man's league and, and you know, oh, it's not the same as France and, and all that, you know. it. But generally, genuinely, um, he just hasn't quite had it all his own way this time. And, and we've not quite been creating the types of chances he enjoys as much as anything. And, and yeah, he's just found himself in something of a bit of patchy form and sort of dropping deeper and deeper to get involved and and yeah it's just not quite happening for him and, and I, I do wonder whether how he will um yeah I do wonder how he how he will rediscover that sort of cutting edge to his game because you know he's not mobile anymore he's he's, he's his holder play is actually really good uh, but there was a couple of times tonight man where it was shades of like absolute depths of of Wayne Rooney trauma you know a couple of a couple of really 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 badly placed passes and and things like that and you just thought man his his I'm not sure it's possible what do we for, do to players I, d- I don't know I mean I'm not sure it's possible for him to have a crisis of confidence but he's certainly <laughs> yeah he's he's certainly not on the top of his game is he no no I think uh all the fears that we had about what Zlatan would be able to do in this team uh, haven't necessarily all come to fruition, but I do think that he is finding it more difficult. And Rich mentioned this even before we signed Pogba and Ibrahimovic. Talk, the, you know, those are two players that we meted earlier on the summer, and he was saying it was going to be interesting to see what that how that would work out with these players coming from very highly functional sides where everyone knew their position, everyone knew their place, and everything worked well to come into United side that is still finding its feet with a third manager of the space of four seasons and trying to figure out how things are going to work as opposed to basically having something of a ready-made basis with which to work with or knowing their role in, you know, in that system. And that's not anywhere close to anything United have got at the moment. So I guess that could partly explain the problems to a certain extent. And I think that chance creation point that you made up is, a, is forming part of it at the moment. But again, as I said, it was good to see him, you know, work a bit harder off the ball. And, you know, to be fair, some really excellent plays, especially in the second half. You know, Sky Sports are mentioning it on the commentary. They said he looks like a different side for the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. And at times we played some lovely stuff. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, I guess it feeds into a bigger question, though, doesn't it? I mean... And what question might that be? Whenever we play really well at the moment, it does tend to be... And this is going to sound really stupid, but it does seem to be just a combination of of players and their their sort of natural ability as footballers clicking well together, and and therefore, um, you know, things going well. It it still doesn't seem to be the product of any yeah discernible system or discernible approach, and and yeah, I think that's quite interesting. Like. Say what you want about the quality of some of Ferguson's teams in his later years. They had a very defined identity. They had a very defined approach. So much so that they were, at whatever level they were at, they were functioning and functioning well. You know, whether that was, um, you know, the years that they won the league or the years that they didn't. They, they were usually functioning well as a unit. And, you know, there were times when the quality went up and down, but the... The identity never really changed, um, you know, and, and actually one of the most accurate words you probably could use to describe the later Ferguson teams, especially in the last few years of his uh, United tenure, was functional. And and what we've seen now is is sort of, you know, half a season to two thirds of a season of, of that being thoroughly, thoroughly just desecrated and, and torn apart by, um, yeah... The, just the absolute—I don't even want to say his name—but you know who uh, the the other <laughs> Scotsman, um, followed by who got sent to the stands today. Yeah, followed oh, by two, you. followed by two years of of a very very different, outdated, 
thoroughly overly prescriptive system being in place and 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 now to see what Mourinho is trying to do you know it's just a lot of different systems in in a short space of time i know it's been what this is 4 years now fourth year but it's still it's 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 a lot of change and and i think it's going to take some time because we still yeah we still have no discernible identity do we i mean it's hard to know who we are we've we've got better players than we did last year and we've got a better manager than we did last year but are we yet a better team than we were last year? Um, probably. Well, I, mean, I think the jury's but, still out on that, really, isn't it? I think you'd hope that we are, given the higher quality that we've got and the fact that we've got a bit more cover. Uh, in, I would say, you know, I would say, probably, but it's not shown itself in results yet. You know, not quite yet. No, I'd, I'd agree with that completely. Uh, I think one of the comforting things of tonight was where you could see a match like tonight last season, in particular under Van Hal, where you would say. United have just come off the back of a bad result. They then they then require a response immediately three days later. They didn't start the match particularly well, and then the second half would just be more of the same. At least tonight, the second half was at least for the start anyway was so much better. It was so much more direct and incisive, and we attacked really really well. You know, it was I think Zlatan definitely had a the run of, rub of the green against Otamendi, which certainly helped. Lovely turn to set Pogba up clear on goal, and you know Willy Caballero did well to put Pogba's shot onto the post, and that was uh, that was part of some really good attacking play. And then when the goal itself came, you couldn't necessarily say that City hadn't really been given any warning. Although I've got to admit, <laughs> looking back at the replays, I am stunned that it was rewarded. Fair tackle. But what from uh, from Oldander? Yeah, fair tackle. I mean, it was nowhere near the ball, but fair, fair, fair tackle. Shoulder, as you used to say in the playground when you were a kid, shoulder ref. That was just a shoulder. Um, and for some reason, those are allowed when you're a kid. Um, yeah, well, I mean, there's Zlatan's touch initially to get past Otamendi, and that was fine. That was just the fact that Otamendi is small and Zlatan is not small. So that was fair enough. I mean, Ander coming across, it was uh, Fernando, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean... I could I could just hear the cogs whirring in his brain from here, thinking, right, I can't shoot this, I'm not going to be able to fire this, but I can stop him getting to it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things you see time and time again, isn't it? I mean, speed of the, speed of the game, and uh, for, to, to the naked eye, it just looked like two players running towards the ball and pulling each other down, you know? So it was, it, it was uh, yeah, we probably got a little bit lucky, but we'll take it. Um, to, to go back to your previous point, um, I think... The fact that we're ha- we tend to have much better second halves than first halves, or, or should I say, it seems to be a pretty recurring trait that we will come out and start the second half stronger than we started the first half. I guess that's probably the the simple truth of it. Um, so it does sort of tell you a little bit about the type of manager that Mourinho is, in that he's probably in in terms of reacting to the uh, to the situation at hand, in terms of reacting to the current flow of the game. In terms of just being a reactive coach, he he, it seems to be a very, very clear characteristic of his of of his approach. Um, and is it fair to say that maybe sometimes they go out with, uh, I guess, just more of a general approach, and and feel the game as it goes along, and and maybe actually the first half is is never quite as strong as the second half simply because. Yeah, Mourinho hasn't got a clear picture of how the game is going yet, is or, or how the team is playing, um, because I do think it's clear that on a number of occasions we come out and start the second half much stronger than the first half, which which would which would indicate that we've got a manager who's very very capable of um, reading the current patterns of the game, reacting to them, and I guess taking control from that position. But the question that sort of raises about it is. What does that say about his ability to uh, be assertive and take control of the game from the start? Not a lot, really, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good grief. At, at least Juan, who had several moments that remind me of just, you know, seemingly why Mourinho has kept him. You know, there was that moment where he won two successive headers against people taller than him and then set United off on a counter-attack admittedly, you know, the the Rashford was tackled pretty much immediately, but he's, he's visibly putting in more effort. You know that there is more zip from him. He is working harder off the ball. 
he is helping to curate and he as as we mentioned several times last season he is getting on the end of chances very very consistently you know very tidy finish very well read and there you go one nil again really nice to see him enjoy himself mm. i do like to see him happy kev you might have noticed yeah i think i i, I like the fact that still uh he, he tends to have when, 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 generally speaking, if United are playing well, he's usually playing well as well. If that makes sense, um, yeah, he does have he's a, his numbers for a midfielder in terms of goals and assists are, are are right up there. Even even through some of the awful seasons that we've had over the last couple of years, um, I you know I have always expressed the belief that I'm I'm not sure he'll be a key player in the next successful Manchester United side, um, but. It is nice to see him continue to do well, uh, despite a lot of us believing that was that was his his number was up once Mourinho showed up. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it became a little bit difficult after that, really, didn't it, Kev? You know, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't so much back to the wall, considering that I think for the first time, easily the first time that City have had a game under Guardiola, they didn't have one single shot on target. Considering how bad we were at the weekend and the fact that we made two changes to that back four, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's uh, it's that's really interesting. Actually, I didn't realise. Um, how much do you think we can read into that, though? Um, well, I mean, I guess the changes do play a gigantic part in it, as we've mentioned. But to be fair, I all apart from those two sort of flashes in the first half, I didn't think our defence coped that badly with them. I thought they mostly did a really good job. I think Schneiderlin coming on for Matter as well added a bit more of a you know a, a cover for the back four, and I thought he had a pretty good you know, cameo appearance. It was nice to see him, you know, actually back playing football. Forgot yeah, what that I had, looked like. I had flashbacks of of like Doctor Frankenstein and Doctor Frankenstein's monster just being like, "He's alive!" <laughs> when he stood up off the bench. I just um, wanted Damien to come on for you, to be honest. Ah, uh, mate, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Uh, it's just better to have loved and lost, and, and so forth. Um, but no, I mean, <laughs> I'm can surely Schneiderlin has. A, I I don't think we're so spoiled with riches that there's not room for Schneiderlin to play a role in our in our squad at the moment. So, um. I mean, it was a cameo. I'm not sure how much he could have done in that time to to really uh, impress, but hopefully he can start getting some more opportunities. Sure, yeah. And I think one of the big things in particular, looking at the second half after the goal went in, Shaw looked a lot less susceptible down that flank, which made a huge difference. And they kept on attacking down there. That was initially where the space was, and that was where the chances came from. But he did seem to lock that down a little bit more, which was good to see. And it was just good to see him get a game. You know, he was been pretty much out on his backside since the Watford game. I know he had an injury since then as well, but he's sev- one of several players uh, who just haven't really had much of a look-in of late. And speaking of not getting a look-in, out of the squad again, no room for Mkhitaryan at all! It's... I think now we've gone past, you know, uh, quiet concern and we're allowed to be rather worried about what's going on there. I should say uh, I've I've gone past quite a concern and and I've graduated to openly skeptical. <laughs> uh, there's something at play there, isn't it? He's he's fit. That that's what we're told. Uh, he's he's fit, and he is not even involved on the fringes of the squad. So, um, I mean, it depends on what you want to believe. There's there's some things being written and reported in the press about how he was a player that Mourinho gave the go-ahead on, but wasn't one of the ones that Mourinho singled out as this is the player I want. This is a player I want, in the same way that he did with Pogba and with Bailly and with Zlatan. Um, And I guess historically, signings that are imposed, or not even imposed, but signings that are made for Mourinho as opposed to Mourinho signings, uh, historically tend to have to do a bit more to convince him than the other players. I think there's also every chance that he's come in and found that the players that would be competing with Mkhitaryan, uh, he's happy with their performances. There's a chance of that. I mean, he's been relatively loyal to Jesse Lingard. Um, he's playing Rashford out on the wing as well. Um, you know, Mata's clearly surprised him. So it could be just a, a genuine circumstantial thing, but I, 
I mean, surely he he needs to start soon, or else we can just put him down as as another player that's on his way out, right? God, I mean, if he doesn't play some part in one of the next three games, where we've got Burnley, Fenerbahce, and then Swansea before the next international break, another international break, great. Uh, yeah, if he plays no part in those three games, then there is something humongously up, uh, and I would suggest that the Europa League game, considering that we're now tied on points uh, with Feyenoord at the top of Group A, would be a perfect opportunity to drop him in, because I would suggest that Mourinho would prioritise the Swansea game at the weekend, with that being the last one before said international break, and with United needing to gain some ground in the league, it would be a perfect opportunity to drop him into the team, but then again, what do you think you know, it is, though? What What do you think it is? What What What's your, I guess, hypothesis on that? Why Why isn't he playing? I mean, my gut is telling me that it's perhaps down to the mental slash physical application. He doesn't feel like, based on what he's seen in training, that he has been quite up to snuff. But then again, my gut is also telling me that I'm hungry. So that. <laughs> mm. I mean, but the thing is, right. Why? Mourinho's making excuses for it to a certain extent. Whenever it comes up, he's just saying, you know, he's ready, you know, he's where we want him to be and everything. But clearly, there is something not quite right there. I'm not, I, I, you know, I can't say that I have some sort of divine insight into what's going on. But if I had to take a stab in the dark, I would say it's something on those lines. And if, as, as we've seen, you know, from two years of Van Hal. Just because you're viewed as a more talented player does not necessarily mean that you'll get in ahead of players if the manager feels that they're working harder or that they're sticking to his instructions better. It just strikes me as really, really strange that if this is a player that you want to sign because he's an admirer of his ability that he's not prepared to take a chance on him. It's really strange. It is very much so. But let's, 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 okay, well, let's not try and get too bogged down in it, Kev. Let's talk about the happy stuff. So... That's now the EFL Cup fourth round navigator. We've got West Ham at the end of next month now. Yes, that should be an interesting draw. I mean, they've had a weird old season. But yeah, I mean, how uh, how different do you feel about things now after that game on Sunday? I mean, you know, I guess as we sort of pointed out at the time, the only, the, the only positive that you could take from that was that we only fell one further point behind the teams in top spot. Do you feel any better about things after the performance tonight? No, I don't. I, I, I'm. It's a positive. Well, that's great. Let's finish off there. <laughs> no, no, it's a positive result in isolation, and you know, of course, you'd sooner see us win games than lose games, uh, no matter what the competition is. But until there's some consistency in our league form, then those concerns are going to remain. Um, what I will say is, we've got as a fan base, um, and I don't think we're anywhere near this yet. But we've we've been here before, in terms of new manager comes in. Spirits are raised, initially starts quite well, then things get a bit inconsistent, they continue to be inconsistent, and six months from now we're saying, right, he's got to go. At some point we've got to stick with the manager for the long term, and even if that means a season of underachieving and a difficult season next year and him eventually getting it right, we've got to stick with him. Because if you... Get rid of the if 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 it all goes to pot this year, and we get rid of him, and we bring in another manager, then we're just compounding the issues we're currently having, which is chopping and changing, too many changes of identity. It's time for some consistency and to show a little bit of faith. I, I personally, I don't think it's gonna turn around as quickly as we expect it to, but we've got to stick with him. That would be my my overriding feeling on it all. Um, and not just stick with him in terms of you know, calling for his head or not, if it doesn't improve. But but stick with him in terms of just, like, belief and support and, 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 and just patience. Because I think I think we're in for the long haul now. But if it takes two years of inconsistency to, to get us competitive again, well, well fair, I, I'll, I'll take that above putting another head in the chopping block and starting from scratch again. There's only so many times you can start from scratch before you're a mid-table club. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know, we saw those reports that that, particular article in the times talking about how senior players were stunned by the fact that Mourinho wasn't leading training all the time and was delegating to Rui Faria. I mean R- Rui Faria who's one of the most successful coaches in the world by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you yeah. know, he's not Mourinho so 
But no, it's, I think it was it was Paul Hayward talking about the fact that United United's players just seeming like they're they're whining to a certain extent, and I I kind of lean on that side a little bit more. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that that source, whoever that might be, and I have my hunches, is almost certainly a player that is upset with current opportunities or lack thereof. So it wouldn't surprise me if we're dealing with a situation where someone is essentially just trying to, you know, kick Mourinho from the shadows, as it were. So I don't know how much stock we can really place on that sort of stuff. We're not, and again, it's just tiring hearing about these sort of dressing room leaks. I mean, I don't necessarily want to know what's going on there at the moment. I just want them to kind of have fun and try and figure things out and you know, get back to being a better side. I'm not necessarily bothered about the dressing room drama. We've had so much of that over the last few years. Mm. I'm absolutely tired of it. Yeah. And ultimately, three managers in, uh, you know, eventually the buck needs to stop with the players as well. Um, absolutely, yeah. And I think the players have been lucky to a certain extent in the sense that because Van Hal had so many obvious deficiencies that more of them weren't cut this last summer and Mourinho did give several of them another chance and opportunity to prove themselves and some of them you know for the most part Daily Blind has proved on you know enough games that he was worth keeping and you know again same with Mata but then there's several other players who you'd say well what have they done to deserve staying whilst uh, you know so many players and so, so, many, so many fans are calling for their heads and everything but there we go. I think uh, I, I agree with you completely. I think uh, it, we are in this for the long haul. I think we just need to buckle up. And obviously, because we had the two years that we have had, our patience uh, is perhaps a little bit thin. But I do think patience is going to be the watchword because we've no idea what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully with a, a slightly kinder run of fixtures, then uh, we'll be uh, sitting a little bit prettier by the time we finish up for the next international break. What do you say? Yeah, I think I think it'll be okay. It just won't happen overnight. That's that's all it is. And and this that's a different sort of Yeah, you know, I think that's probably something that sort of clicked with me in that when when Van Hal came in and there was the immediate improvement from Moyes, fair enough, it took it, again, it, it the start of the season wasn't well, but say just a bigger picture, the the improvement from what happened under Moyes, I think I was like, oh great, you know, we've improved again now, that's it, we're going to be alright, and actually I, I, it was a bit of a false dawn and then it just tailed off entirely so I, if if it takes a steadier longer term improvement um, that can be maintained then then fair play, oh my word did we actually win today? We won Let's 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 finish on a happy note Somehow. Uh, happy note. Okay, <laughs> one matter scored. That's enough of a happy note for me any day of the week. Absolutely. Great stuff. All right, Kevin, we'll leave it there for the first half of the pod. Guys, we'll be with you very, very shortly to talk about the Burnley game. Cheers. Kev. Ewan. Yes, well, goodness me. Uh, here we are <laughs> <laughs> three days after recording that City pod, and, oh, good grief, where do you even start with that Burnley draw? I help please <laughs> it, uh, it, it was an absolute I don't even have an absolute adjective to describe it but it was many things um, it was a source of utter utter frustration uh, but also positive signs as well it's hard to know how to feel about it uh, my gut tells me you probably have a better idea of how you feel about it than I do so by all means um, I'm stuck in two minds. This has been pointed out, and not not least by uh, Paul, who was at the match earlier on today. It's definitely improvement on the last three years. You look at the amount of chances we created today, the way we played. We were so, so positive today, and that was really excellent. We didn't really let up, even when Herrera got sent off, and we'll come back to that later on. At least we kept on going, and we still kept making chances, even when we brought Fellaini and Rooney on, which, to be fair, really sort of sapped our flow to a certain extent. But, yeah, great to create so many chances. The result just isn't good enough, and we had a game like this very, very recently, and I think that's part of what's so frustrating about it now. What's that, one win in seven league games or so, something on those lines? 
that isn't good enough to have fallen eight points behind City in a game that you know most of us would have targeted as pretty much a must-win today is deeply, deeply frustrating. It's a long season, all those sort of standard cliches, but yeah, in isolation and based on the last couple of months we've had, also the last couple of weeks more specifically, and the fact that we have struggled in the league, it's very difficult to come away from that game, at least from my perspective, with too much to shout about, despite the positives. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Uh, I think in isolation, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the most terrible sort of game or terrible kind of outcome. Uh, you know, it would, if this had happened in the midst of an otherwise good season, um, this type of a game wouldn't be a source of too much frustration. It'd be like, ah, we didn't manage to win. That was annoying. But I think it's the context that, that makes it concerning. Um, but also, it depends on how you measure it. Because, as you said, on the one hand, we are creating an amazing amount of chances in comparison to last year. On the other hand, we're not putting them away. <laughs> so No, no, that's definitely not a thing we're doing. No. So it's signs of life, huge signs of life. So many reasons to have cheer in terms of our overall play, in terms of how we are... When It seems when we play well, we play very well. Um... Yeah, just a bit toothless. It's interesting. Like at first, the first the first couple of chances, like Zlatan's first shot, Mata's first. Uh, you're just sort of thinking, oh well, we're just we're making it easy for the keeper. It was it was a little bit like Stoke, where you know there was a couple of chances where you think I probably should have put those in because at what at what point does it? How many keepers are going to have amazing games against us before we realise that maybe we're just not finishing that well? As we I remember in the first half thinking, he's playing well, but he's he's not having, uh, for lack of a better term, a Friedel against us. He's not doing mm. a, a, you know, a Brad Friedel at Blackburn like he seemed to do every year for a couple of seasons there, uh, where he was just unplayable. But actually, as, as the game wore on, particularly as we got into the sort of meat and bones of the second half, um, yeah, no, he, Tom Heaton actually started pulling some incredible saves out of the bag, uh, particularly... Uh, the one from when Zlatan waited for it to come down and struck, struck it on the volley about five yards out from goal. I mean, he, it seems he may have actually damaged his elbow saving it. It was that powerful a shot. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, I don't know. It's um, reasons to be cheerful, uh, but one big reason to be frustrated and annoyed. I mean, it was just a really, really positive performance from the off. You know, we were making chances from the first minute. You know, Zlatan had that shot after... Uh, Darmian, your boy Darmian, had a rush through on, uh, rush through the the uh, R half and then passed to Rashford and then Mata to Ibrahimovic. That was a really encouraging aspect today. Their link up play with Mata playing just behind Zlatan. That was one of the more pleasing aspects of what we saw today because they, you know, they, there was a lot of really nice one touch play from the two of them. Several times where both of them got through and ugly, we could, could have done a little bit better with their shots, either from in, just inside the area or just outside of it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's everything we say is going to be laced with frustration this evening, really, isn't it, based on what we saw earlier on today? But still, here we go. That was at least positive. But, yeah, it, yeah, I mean, you're talking about Heaton today, and he pulled some magnificent saves out of the bag. You know, there was that great cross that Herrera managed in the first half from Lingard, and Lingard hit that very well, to be fair to him, and Heaton just flying through the air and tipping that over. And, you know, there was that great chance that Zlatan had it was slipped through. You're just thinking instantly in your head. You're thinking Pez or FIFA. Just chip it over the keeper. It'll be fine. Lift it over him. But I think that's... Uh, we're dealing in Zlatan at the minute with a player who is very much not himself. I don't necessarily think he's spent, but it's very clear from how he is holding himself at the minute, despite the fact that his build-up play has definitely improved over the last couple of games. You know, you look at the second half against City, and today in particular, he's more involved, which is great to see. But he needs to score a bloody goal! <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's still far, far better than, than having Wayne Rooney up top, but there is a little bit of thinking, well, have we just, you know, replaced one, clapped out flipping nag with a slightly taller <laughs> ponytail one? <laughs> <laughs> But as you say, um, his, his build-up play is you know is going well. And actually, um, as frustrating as it is to see him fail to put away so many chances, his his involvement in the overall build-up play, and, and again, he, he, he was sufficiently involved in the build-up to suggest that he was actually, you know, 
very much responsible for a lot of the chances that he was wasting, if that makes sense, for, for their very creation in the first place. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of an interesting one. Because, no, you know, it is just without question that he is still a better option up top than Rooney. Uh, but at this point, I don't know, you know, w- with a team that's defending so deep, and, and we literally, I believe, had about 74, 75% of the possession. What causes those kind of teams to come unstuck is speed of movement. And, and Zlatan has got many virtues, but that, but that's not one of them. So I can't help but feel that were you to bring somebody like Martial or even even someone like Memphis in on that left-hand side or, or, or any of the number of players that he's, playing there, uh, he's played there so far this season and put somebody like Rashford in that central striker's role, um, in this type of a game, at, at what point do you say, right, it hasn't been working so far, we're going to change it up? And I guess, to, you know, to his credit, maybe uh, the sending off of Herrera changed what he may otherwise have planned. But actually, um, of all the things he tends to change and switch and swap, he, he's not usually one for uh, yeah moving or changing what Zlatan is doing. Mm, that's yeah. true. I mean, again, given that Mata was arguably one of the best players that we had today, he was excellent in the build-up today, and I thought he was instrumental in making us as good as we were. Him coming off when it was when we were down to ten men, oh, I mean, is he ever going to get ninety minutes under Mourinho? It's just daft. I just don't get it. And you know, I thought Rooney wasn't terrible. You know, he, he was doing his normal parade of long-range passes, and that's fine. You can do that. He's always got that in his locker, and sometimes that's useful. But when no, he I'm sorry. He's, he's, close... he's got two things in his locker. Standing in the middle of the field and passing it out to the wing, or standing on the wing and crossing it. That's all he's got. That's true. I mean, look, the, the way that when we started getting a bit further forward after Rooney came on, when he was under pressure, his close control these days is just abysmal. And any time he got the ball in those sort of situations, we really, really just looked like we were done. I mean, again, Fellaini coming on didn't necessarily help too much either. I think, I mean, obviously the sending off of Ferreira, as daft as it was having seen what happened for that second yellow card, was bad enough. But I felt like the two of them, especially because part of what we had done so well is move the ball quickly and efficiently bringing those two on really just sapped the flow that we'd made. And having said that, you know, we still made chances, but the difference in bringing Rooney on in that position to matter on is just like night and day. It really is at this stage. Well, at that point, it was just a case of him putting to bed the sort of intricate build-up play that we had been attempting and just hoping that sheer force of will and physical presence and bluster and bullishness was going to get us a goal. And I guess it was worth, um, <clears throat> it was worth trying. I mean... When Herrera got sent off, I think a change was inevitable. So I, I understand why Fellaini came on. Um, because Pogba was having an instrumental role in most of the good things that we were doing. And it would have been unwise to leave him unaccompanied in, in that midfield role. It would have, either he would have left a gap when he ventured forward, or he would have had the sting taken out of his game by having to stay deep. So so we did need to put somebody on in there. Um but also, uh, yeah, as you referred to, I, I didn't understand why you would take Mata off for Rooney at that point. Especially to play him where he played him, which was, I think, out to the right or the left. He wasn't down the centre anyway. He wasn't playing where Mata... Well, don't forget, Rooney plays where he wants, so... Well, yeah, I mean, there might be a big difference between where he was sent on to play and where he, where he actually played. But um, we should probably take some sort of heart from the current predicament with Rooney in the sense that it does show that eventually Mourinho will make a change if a player is under performing i think the frustration is you look at where things are going at the minute in particular what we've seen the last couple of weeks you know Zlatan's missed big chances against god you know stoke liverpool he missed one against chelsea when it was one nil last weekend missed several very presentable opportunities today that one just before stoppage time pogba with an amazing curling ball you could just see the way that was going in, that was going to cause some trouble. And the one person you would say you want at the far post there to just tap that in because Heaton was rooted to the spot. There was no way he was getting to that. And to blast it over like that, oh my God, my heart just sank. And it, Yeah, it's a little bit It's a little bit last days of Berbatov, isn't it? It is. A, well, oh gosh, that's harsh. I think... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean in terms of how that demeanour. 
yeah, I know. It's just that <sighs> we have taken Rooney out of the side, which is something that needed to happen. But unfortunately, Zlatan's not done enough to justify him staying in the side now based on the fact that Rooney's out. So again, are we at a situation now where we've got a problem with this starting eleven that isn't working sufficiently that we then have to think about replacing it again? And it's just, it feels like we've traded one problem in for another to the point where we've got this great player who can actually do something, some really great things for us at the top end of the pitch, but he's just not scoring goals. And that is a gigantic problem for us at the moment. Uh, he's not become a bad player overnight. It's a confidence thing. You sort of have the feeling that if you get one or two, then, you know, he'll, he'll start putting him in again. I think what happened was we had a period of time where we he was just very very isolated and as a, as a result he, he wasn't getting the opportunities he needed to sort of stay sharp and keep his confidence up and then and, and then it's got to the point where once we are creating chances again um he's lost that cutting edge and also he's just not getting the type of chances or the type of space that he's been accustomed to in the last couple of years um and yeah you know his best days are behind him there was a lot of concern from a lot of people when he arrived that he wouldn't be able to yeah just stand up to the the task of playing in the Premier League not from an ability point of view but just in terms of the pace of the game and the amount of pressure on the ball and, and just everything that we seem to be seeing but in many ways that's not even been what it's, his downfall is because he's still getting the chances he's just for whatever reason not put, putting him away um mm. It'll be interesting to see because th- things can change very quickly in football. And it's been, what now, six Premier League games since he last scored, uh, which seems like an eternity. But if he gets one in the next game and then gets one in the game after that, it, we won't be long putting it behind us either. That's very true. So let, let's get on to Herrera in the red card. What did you make of it? Oh, he was unlucky, wasn't he? But I think, <laughs> I'm probably, yeah, I mean, I, I can be sympathetic towards Herrera. But on the other hand, it's also really frustrating. I'm going to draw a little bit of a parallel between this game and... Or not even this game, but this team and an incident that happened in Ferguson's... Was it Ferguson's last season? Forgive me, I may be getting this completely wrong. But essentially, it was the season where uh, Real Madrid knocked us out of the Champions League. Ronaldo. It was that, yeah, that one. It was something that René Mullenstein said that at that point when Nani got sent off, we lost our heads so much that we actually lost our grip on the game entirely. Had 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 we kept our focus, kept our concentration and kept our head down, that perhaps the game wouldn't have just fallen asunder on us. And there was a little bit of that today. And, and I know we didn't lose the game and I know we never really lost control of the game, but I think things got very frenetic a, a lot earlier than they should have done. And, and a characteristic of Ferguson's team was fighting to the end and, and just pushing on and, and never giving up. And we did see that today. But... Another trait of those kind of teams was, you know, we never we never seemed to lose our heads when time was ticking on and there was the pressure to get that goal. It's why we often scored so late. Is because look at um, Michael Owen's goal against Man City in the City derby. It was the ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute, and it falls to Giggs, and he has the coolness of head at that point to find a key pass, and 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 which was then coolly slotted away. And and it's like, yeah, there's something to be said for temperament and I, and I think there's something lacking in the temperament of this team at the moment I think we get easily frustrated um, and as a result you see things like us getting sent off I mean it doesn't help that the manager was got sent off at half time um, <laughs> yeah that's one thing to mention I think in yeah. this sort of situation we know Mourinho's got a fiery temperament um, to be fair the reason that he got sent off was that Darmian clipped right on the edge of the area now there was contact but Darmian has gone down a little bit dramatically there but Mourinho's job in that instance is just to hold his temper because he's not doing his team any favours if he's not able to be where he should be, you know, and sending, you know, as, as Paul Ansorge, who was there for the game from Rankcast talking about today, and mentioned that <laughs> Timothy Fosumensu was passing instructions along, apparently, in the stance, which is brilliant. But that's not, that should not be happening. Like you ideally want him, like, get fired up and all, all you want. I mean, Ferguson was sent to the stand on a couple of occasions, but... I think it hurt us today, the fact that he lost his mind so early. <laughs> indeed, indeed it did. No, no, it wasn't. And I think 
I can understand the pressure is definitely getting to him, and there's there's several aspects of this game in particular that were very very frustrating, and it must be incredibly tiring for Mourinho, especially at that stage when we you know dominated the first half and maybe had one chance given away the entire first half, and then you see that happen and you just feel like the world's against you. And to be fair, Clattenburg. Whilst I don't think that was a gigantic bearing on the result today, because we had several chances before Herrera got sent off and after he got sent off to actually have killed the game off, so it really shouldn't be that much of a huge bearing on the result. But at the same time, Clattenburg didn't really do us any favours today, you know, and the fact that Herrera went down for that second, that yellow card, and the first one I can kind of understand to a certain extent, even though he's tried to pull out of it. But the second one is very harsh. I would, I mean, personally, you expect referees in that sort of instance to at least give a little bit of leeway and say, right, that's your final warning if he's come out with the yellow card straight away like that. Yeah, I, do, I understand what you're saying. I mean, it, on the one hand, we did continue to create chances and things eventually after Herrera got sent off, you know, maybe five, ten minutes later. But on the other hand, it was just, as I said, the game became just more stretched sooner than it needed to. I think had we kept our cool, had Mourinho kept his cool, had Herrera stayed on the pitch, and had we just kept doing what we were doing, it was a matter of time before we scored. Um, but I think, I just think we got desperate early. And uh, yeah, I think mentally, there's a mental fragility about this team. We've touched on it before. And it manifests itself in a number of different ways. Um, thankfully, we've seen an improvement in it in that, you know, we are now you know, playing until the final whistle blows. We, we don't seem to be out of ideas with 10 minutes to go anymore in these types of games. So it's good to see that put to bed. Um, but yeah, just a lack of cutting edge. I guess Mourinho will probably look at it and say, look at how well we're playing, look at the chances we're creating when we do play well. And, and it just needs to click um, until... It does <laughs> with every passing game. It just gets a little bit more concerning. And it was really great to see United, as we mentioned, just keeping on going and creating so many chances. And that is indeed an improvement on last season when you know we would just sit so deep and we were so slow in our build-up and we'd scored so few goals. And at least we're creating chances again. But at, ultimately, we have fallen eight points off top spot today. Liverpool are running nicely. City won again today. Arsenal are scoring goals for fun, seemingly, and things aren't necessarily going to get any easier. You know, there's now huge, huge pressure on that Swansea game next Sunday, and then immediately after the international break, we're hosting Arsenal. And you know, I don't expect any of those games to be particularly easy. It's, the pressure's not going to be lessened until we start scoring goals and we start winning games again. And we really do need to start doing that in the league ASAP, or this season is going to start getting away from us. Yeah, I think that's a fair concern. Uh, I- I guess just as a sort of counterpoint to that, I do think we need to be prepared to strap ourselves in and say this is going to be a bumpy all right. Because it, as we touched on earlier on, it, you know, it, it's probably not going to happen overnight. And and in many ways, um, I know it all came unglued during the sort of second season of Van Hal's reign. It all came unglued quite quickly. But in the first season, we did see you know quite a substantial improvement from what we'd seen under Moyes. But it was in many ways a false economy because you know it was built on you know, a lack of adventure, a lack of assertiveness and the hope that we could put away the odd chance that we created. And, and, and as such, that approach for a good, yeah, a good six months, I guess, across both seasons really protected a lot of the weaknesses in the back line and in the, in, in the midfield, particularly in terms of, you know, our, our defensive midfielders and, and our defensive shields in, in front of the defence. Um, because it was a team that was so compact and so um, very much having the approach of retaining possession and, and sort of sterile dominance, it yeah it protected the defense a lot. And now that we've got a manager who is trying to make us more assertive in our play and is trying to open up the team a little bit more, <laughs> whoever thought he'd say that about Mourinho, right? Um, mm-hmm. But now that th- now that that's happening, it's exposing the defense more. And it's, it's exposing the weaknesses in our team, um, just in terms of individual errors, in terms of our heads just going for a minute. You know, it's it's got us into a situation with, yeah, it's more peaks and troughs. Whereas under Van Hal, it was sort of consistently average, with just about scraping by before it all went off the deep end. If that makes mm. sense. So we're going to have to stick with it. I think 
I, I, I don't think there's any you know argument about us sticking with it we absolutely have to stick with it you know we can't admittedly Moyes got the best part of one season to try and fix things and he wasn't able to and not finishing in the top four was you know that was his death sentence and that was you know arguably could have been done several months before but that was the right time I mean that that was the that was the final time to have done it with Van Hal, he got two seasons and he still couldn't turn it around with Mourinho we are what two and a half months into this season I mean we we just can't lose our heads not yet you know it's not great to be eight points behind the top spot at the minute that's not comfortable and arguably we should be doing better are we on the right path? I'd like to think so. But, you know, ultimately we do have to start winning games pretty quickly in my eyes. And the more, the longer this goes on and the more that we don't, you know, start scoring goals a bit more regularly in these league games, the, the worse it's going to get. So, yeah, something is going to need to change over the next couple of weeks. But I do think regardless of what happens, you know, even if we do struggle over the next few weeks, we, we have just got to try and give this as much time as possible now. I, I would go so far as to say, you know, it is possible that this inconsistency remains um, that things do improve but like you say we don't quite see the fruit of it this year it, it is possible that we finish in 5th or 6th due to inconsistencies and dropping points at key times but overall are a better team and as a res- I mean it, it is possible that we, we miss the Champions League but Mourinho is still the man to manage us next season hypothetically speaking because the kind of improvement we're talking about, I realise that it's a results business. But when you realise the kind of recovery project that he's got on his hands, the kind of improvement he's trying to instil, and where he, where the team was in actuality, as I said, the Van Hal, I think the Van Hal's reign was a false time um, until the very end of it. So really, Mourinho is still trying to pick us up out of the pit that we fell into when Ferguson retired. And, and we're very much a team in transition, more than we have been at any point in living memory. And it is possible that despite clear improvements in our overall play and having, I, I, I think our peaks are going to be higher, but it's still possible that we have some very deep values to go through. We might have to stick with him, uh, you know, and that could mean sticking with him and trusting in him even if we don't qualify for the Champions League this year, which I think we will because I, I think get into the new year and we should be a much improved team than how we've begun this year Um, because it's just a matter of consistency we tend to be at the moment either one of three things either very good but not putting chances away average but scraping a win or absolutely terrible and losing it's not going to stay that way something's going to change I I believe it's going to improve and I believe he will start making the decisions he needs to make in order to improve the team Um, but we're just going to have to stick with him we can't tear it up and start it again for the third time in four years. We just can't. No, absolutely not. Especially not the fact we've got a manager who is arguably one of the best places and available in order to actually get up to where we, we see this club and where the board sees this club. But there we go. We'll see what happens next weekend, shall we? Right, let's do some Twitter questions to round off the evening, shall we, my friend? Okay. Great. Chris McGuffin asks, Is it finally time for Zlatan to be dropped and for Matter to play the full 90 minutes? I mean, arguably that should have happened... Two weeks ago? I, I don't know who you... I know I sort of alluded to it earlier, but I'm not sure we've got the squad depth to be dropping Ibrahimovic at the moment. Well, I mean, not dropping him, but at least substituting him. Yeah, perhaps. Carl J. Robinson asking, just where was this myth that you must bring Fellini on when chasing your game perpetuated? It just never, ever worked. Mm, I think over the last couple of years, there's been a number of occasions where he's been brought on and it has worked. Okay. Show me you're working. Uh, he scored goal against West Brom when he came on um, you know I genuinely can't name any other teams but I can remember on two or three occasions where he's come on and scored a decisive goal not for quite some time and certainly not in the role that Mourinho has brought him on to play in today because Mourinho very much sees him as a midfielder but there was a couple of times uh, when he came on under Van Hal where he was sort of like a wrecking ball and got an equaliser right hmm. I guess so I mean I, I guess it's just hmm. I understand the point of it. <laughs> very much so uh, Vikash Patil asks given the money spent on optimism in June how disappointing is it that we're arguably out of the title race very disappointing do you reckon we're out yeah probably but I'm not sure I ever really thought we were in it given where we finished last year Even you know four players wasn't going to uh, three, only three of whom he's actually playing one of which is now injured you know it was, mm. it was never going to turn us into title challengers overnight on paper massive improvement but Work in progress, right? What do you think? 
Uh, what, what do I think? Um, my shred of optimism is saying that we're not out of the title race at the minute, just. But I think we're we are verging on being a bit too far apart, considering that we're not quite in November yet. This is not an ideal position for us to be in, and I do think if we're going to have any say in where the title goes this year, then we really have to buck up our ideas quite quickly. But that's probably where I go. At Kim Kyle asks, "Are we cursed?" No. Uh, <laughs> really encouraging there really encouraging Dan at MERC underscore Dan 87 asks will Mark Clattenburg add United versus Burnley nil nil to his range of tattoos <laughs> I'm not sure how to answer no I don't think you have to I think we'll leave it there for the evening thank you very much for all your questions guys and for joining in a, a, a podcast of uh, hmm, what's the word I'm searching for contrast shall we say this week but we all appreciate you listening in every single week, as always. Don't forget, you can get us on Twitter at RedVoicesMUFC. You can go on to RedVoicesMUFC.wordpress.com for our fairly regular blogs and any information about the podcast. Thank you very much for your time. Lots of love, and I hope you enjoy a great week. Good night. Good night.